When playing fantasy, you want to be drafting players on teams that are scoring points, the high-scoring offences. Everybody will be telling you that. But what is more important is the players to avoid, the offences that aren't going to put up the points that you don't want to be wasting your draft picks on come August, come September, when we're kicking into redraft season. We are the Fantasy Sanctuary, and we're going to be diving into five offences that you need to be avoiding this year in fantasy. To kick things off, the Tennessee Titans, they've just made a big move. They've brought in DeAndre Hopkins. That doesn't answer all their questions. They've still got issues. This is a questionable offence. This offensive line could well be the worst in the NFL. They've got serious question marks at quarterback. Is this still going to be Ryan Tannehill's offence? Is Will Levis going to take over? Tom, are you? who are you concerned about? What should we do with the Tennessee Titans offence this year? Well, from the bat, let's just say, okay, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be fine. I think you can draft DeAndre Hopkins, but it's everybody else that I worry about. I worry about Derrick Henry for the reasons you talked about, about the offensive line being a complete sinker. I worry that if Will Levis gets into the lineup, he won't check down to Derrick Henry as much as Ryan Tannehill does. And it all comes back to Ryan Tannehill for me. Like Last year, you see that Ryan Tannehill only played 12 games because he struggled through an ankle injury. If we zoom out, like over the past three years, he's only had six games of 300 passing yards or more. So even when AJ Brown was there, this wasn't an offense which had been particularly potent in the passing game. You know, this defense could be probably the best unit within this team. And if they're able to keep scores low, I just don't see it being particularly good for fantasy. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, we saw his completion percentage and PFF passing grades hit the lowest mark that they've done since he joined the Titans from Miami. And his scrambles per game also dropped to a low with the Titans of 1.1 last year. So his fantasy output in general really is just dropping. And you look at the schedule, the Titans play the Saints, Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Colts, and then the Ravens in London before a week seven bye. On the back of that London game, when they've got that bye, they then have a home game with the Falcons, and it just feels like, okay, if the Titans start one and five, two and four, how secure is Ryan Tannehill's job? Like, and if Will Levis comes in, we know the question marks around him. It could easily descend into quite a messy season for the Titans. Absolutely. And the highest priced person on this offense is Derek Henry. And I'm seriously concerned. We've seen over the last three, four years, Derek Henry has been remarkably consistent in that yards after contact number. He's averaged between 3.5 and 4 every single season. In 2022, he was 3.7 yards after contact. The issue was the yards before contact was abysmal. Last year, he averaged 0.8 yards before contact. That was a career worst. Derek Henry is still the same player. The problem is this offensive line is abysmal and isn't opening up any lanes to get him going. He's a player that needs that first yard or two to get going. So, yeah, I'm seriously concerned, and I'm uncomfortable paying the price you have to pay to add Derek Henry to your roster. The other team we're concerned about, it's the Cardinals. <laughs> they they seem to be in complete teardown mode. There's already talk that they're going to get rid of Kyler Murray, having just spent an obscene amount of money to lock him up long term. We've got Marquise Brown. Could he be traded? He's in the final year of his rookie contract. There's not many other options on this offense. Are you in on the Cardinals or are you running for the hills? I mean, you can make a case to draft Marquise Brown and you can make a case to draft perhaps James Conner. But there are so many question marks for this team. I mean, 
you look at the defense and it's incredibly hard to name any of the stars. So they are going to put them into come from behind situations, which sometimes can be advantageous to fantasy. But the offensive line doesn't look good at all. They added one player, like, you know, reasonably high in the draft, but that's about it. And then you look at this, this is a new offensive scheme. Kyler Murray hasn't had to learn a new offensive scheme since he was in college. So he's not exactly famed for his work ethic at the best of times. He's trying to recover from an ACL injury. So it's a huge season for him. Marquise Brown, you touched on it. Like they paid a first round pick for him. And then last year, everybody thought that he was going to be unlocked with the deep ball potential of Kyler Murray. And then he saw Marquise Brown had the fewest deep targets of any point in his NFL career. So that really didn't seem to get clicking, even when uh, Kyler was on the field before his injury. The contract situation for Marquise Brown definitely looms large. He is the same agent as AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, who all caused drama to get their new contracts last year. I'm sure that Marquise Brown isn't going to be happy about the idea of going into his final year of his rookie deal without a new contract. But does this team want to pay him? I mean, they kind of have to in some ways. But if they want the clean rebuild, if they're thinking about getting rid of Kyler and starting everything again, then perhaps they don't. Behind Marquise Brown, you're talking about Greg Dortch, Rondale Moore, Michael Wilson. And I think they'll all pop up at points. They'll have games where they're useful. We saw Greg Dortch last year. He was a bit of a PPR fiend at times. Rondale Moore, we've seen him have games where he can really be useful. Michael Wilson is the unknown commodity. And then Trey McBride, who flashed very briefly at the end of last year. Outside of that, yeah, it's it's very tricky to bank an awful lot on this team. I think it all comes back to that Kyler injury, doesn't it? Is Do you really want to bank on an offence that's going to be starting Colt McCoy to begin the season? Yes, I know Kyler Murray's come out and said he's going to be ready to play week one. Shock. I don't, I don't believe that. I'd be gobsmacked if Kyler Murray's playing before week six at the earliest. And this team could have the complete stink on it. That means Kyler Murray's not going to rush back from injury and they're going to value that asset longer term. And just punt the 2023 season and, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those Maddens sim, sim the season and let's just get 2024 here nice and quickly. Well, if you're here, if this is the first time you found us, we are the Fancy Sanctuary. We've got Dynasty, Best Ball, Redraft, DFS. We have got everything you need to win yourself a fancy title. Hit that subscribe button. There's going to be so much more content coming out over the coming days, weeks, months. And if you really like what you see, hit that join button. You can join They've got an amazing Discord community. You will get access to Tom's best ball ranks, my dynasty ranks, my dynasty trade calculator, and so much more from as little as 99p a month. Yes, 99p a month. That's $1.25 per month. Less than half the prices of a cup of coffee, and you can win yourself your fancy leagues. The next offense we're going to talk about, Tom, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, huge change. We've seen all the Aaron Rodgers drama. He is now gone. Jordan Love, been waiting in the wings for years. He steps in. Is this an offense that you want to buy into season long? I just really struggle to figure out what the Packers are this year. And it all comes back to there seemed no confidence in Jordan Love from either the coaching staff and the front office with the Packers or Jordan Love himself. You know, he took an incredibly team friendly deal to avoid going towards his fifth-year option, which the team didn't seem particularly keen on taking. 
And virtually every player in the NFL wants to bet on themselves. They always talk about it. You know, look at Kirk Cousins, who was just like, yep, yeah, I'll take the franchise tag as many times as you want to throw it at me. Even Lamar Jackson, like he really pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until it got to a point where he eventually decided to take a deal that felt acceptable to both. But Jordan Love didn't seem to have any confidence, so it's kind of hard for me to have any confidence. Like You can see on the screen there, Jordan Love has played less NFL snaps than Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a player that everybody is determined is already a bust and that he doesn't deserve any more time. Whilst Jordan Love... It's like, okay, yeah, well, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years, so he must have learned something. Let's go out there and see what he can do. And it's such an inexperienced offense. He doesn't have the likes of, like, you know, Devante Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins, one of these wide receivers who can be a security blanket for him. He's got Christian Watson, who flashed in a huge way last year. But so much of his production came on those kind of design touches or, like, really high variance targets. So it's not really easy to project that forward. We don't know what his kind of relationship with Jordan Love is. Romeo Dubs, I mean, we saw some good, we saw some bad from him. And then you look at Jaden Reed, who is a player who we both kind of like and think he can do well from the slot. And then after that, you've got the running game, which is great. But you're talking about Aaron Jones, who is 29 years old now, no, 28, 29 years old. A.J. Dillon, somebody that we all expected to take a step forward at some point. And then last year, between weeks 2 and 11, he averaged 6.1 PPR points per game. He never reached double digits. So it hasn't really clicked for him. And the tight ends, we're talking about two rookie tight ends who have plenty of potential. But in fantasy, we've seen over the years, more often than not, rookie tight ends don't even manage to average six half PPR points per game. So what use is that going to be to us in redraft? Yeah, it feels like an offense that you could talk yourself into any asset on this entire offense, whether it be a, a quarterback, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight end. But they're all overpriced considering the risk involved with what this offense could descend into. So the next offense we're going to talk about, the LA Rams. Last year was an absolute tire fire. The team went all in to win that title and then just completely blew up. There's talk that Matt Stafford is on the trade block. Who knows what's going to happen with Cam Akers within the past 12 months? He's been cast aside, definitely getting traded to suddenly the future of the franchise. Is is there anyone on this pick outside of Cooper Cup that, that you fancy investing in, Tom? Yeah, so like straight out of the gate, Cooper Cup's my wide receiver too this season, so I would absolutely be smashing Cooper Cup in any and all drafts. I have no concerns about him. We saw even last year when this team was, like say, a complete dumpster. Cooper Cup was still the wide receiver two in points per game. He was just, you know, an absolute volume hog. But after that, it just becomes a real mess. Like, this team, last year, they played really slow. I don't know why, because typically going back, when Jared Goff was to quarterback, the Rams used to play quite quick. They'd get to the line of scrimmage quickly. They'd get the plays in and out. Last year, they played at the league's second lowest rate per play. And that was with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup healthy. It wasn't something they did when Bake Mayfield was in there and the rest of the guys who can't even remember the names at this point. This team, it's a soft rebuild. You know, they're bottom 10 in cap space, but they're projected for the 14th most next year. They're just trying to get by, trying to figure out what they can do. I don't think we're going to see any big additions. If... If I was going to draft another player, it would probably be Tyler Higbee, who had seven top ten weekly finishes last year. 
The downside of it, though, he also had seven finishes where he finished between tight end 25 and tight end 57. So it really was pretty boom or bust. But he's the kind of tight end that if you're taking a rookie tight end in your draft and you want to pair him with somebody else, so if you're taking like Dalton Kincaid or Laporta and you want just somebody who's going to give you a little bit of time to work out whether your rookie tight end is actually going to have a good season, then I don't mind that. But Van Jefferson, he's flashed at points, but the competition, it doesn't seem like he's, there's a gulf between him and a bunch of guys like Ben Skranek, Demarcus Robinson, um, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua. How about you, Rich? Is there anyone? No, it's, it's Cooper Cup. I, I could be talked into Cam Akers at value. I think he's falling to a point sometimes in drafts where if you can get him as a, an RB2 in kind of a hero RB build and, and wait past that running back dead zone, there's some appeal there just because he he has flashed when he's been on the field. They've invested in this offensive line a little bit more. They didn't have many resources to invest. So, yeah, I, I could potentially be talked into Cam Akers at cost, but it's not a pick that I'm enjoying making. It's more a hold my nose and, and yeah. hope for the best. I think that, look, this offense, they, they told you what they think. They paid to get rid of Alan Robinson. This team is not competing for this year. They are... As you said, a soft rebuild. They're looking 2024 and beyond. And I wouldn't be shocked if anybody on this offense got moved. I wouldn't be shocked if potentially Aaron Donald's even talked about trading. That means I don't want any part of this offense because I don't think they're going to be a good team this year. The final team we're going to talk about, we're heading across out east, the Washington Commanders. Look, there's this all talks of the sale going through. Will they get bought? Will they get won't get bought? Who knows? One thing's for sure, this coaching staff is very much on the hot seat. Eric Bieniemy's put his kind of head coaching career potentially on the line, going and taking that offensive role and saying, I can get the best out of this offense. It's currently being spearheaded by a 2022 fifth round pick in Sam Howe. Are you hopeful that Sam Howe could be the answer and, and there can be some fancy value out there, Washington? I'd feel a lot more hopeful if Sam Howell had been able to fight his way onto the field last year. You know, we saw with Carson Wentz's injury, Taylor Heineke was out there, you know, and it wasn't until the very final game of the season where Sam Howell got out there. And then he actually had some okay rushing production. You know, he had a couple of touchdown passes to McLaurin, I think one to Dotson, which were good passes, but it wasn't a particularly beautiful performance at the same time. I think, you look at Ron Rivera's coaching, and he used to be known as Riverboat Ron, and it was like, you know, there'd be times where he'd go for it, and he'd make those kind of decisions which were really fun and interesting. And now it just doesn't feel like that at all. He's a very conservative coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he is the first NFL coach to be fired this year. Over the last couple of years, under him, the commanders have just been an incredibly slow team. And I always come back to pace for fantasy because it's like, more plays, more pace, more points. But if you're playing slow, it's very difficult for players to hit their ceiling. And last year, the commanders were 31st in situation neutral pass rate. They were 24th in average play clock, uh, play clock seconds remaining. And it just it wasn't great. You know, they were 26 in passing DVO, 26 in rushing DVOA, always towards the bottom. They're projected for 6.5 wins under Vegas. Shout football have them with the eighth hardest season uh, in terms of strength of schedule. I think that it's going to be very rough out the gate for Sam Howell because they play the Eagles, the Bills, and the Broncos defenses in the first five weeks. And if you're throwing 
a quarterback, you know, fifth round quarterback with virtually no experience up against some of those defenses, you're telling me we're not going to see Jacoby Brissett. And if Jacoby Brissett steps in at some point, I'll instantly become much higher on all these players. I'll be writing them up in DFS. I'll be writing them up in matchup columns all the time because we saw Jacoby Brissett looked excellent at times last year. You know, he was really efficient with the Browns. He looked better than Deshaun Watson did. And I think he could really thrive with some of these weapons because they are really interesting weapons. You know, Terry McLaurin is Terry McLaurin. He's never really going to give you that sort of top five wide receiver finish on the season, but he's great at what he does. Jahan Dotson, I think we both expect to take a good second-year leap. Antonio Gibson is being talked up that this could be the year where he kind of breaks out again. Maybe, I'm not too sure about that. Brian Robinson should be a lot healthier not having to deal with a gunshot this year. So I think there's plenty of reasons why this team could hit ceiling outcomes. I'm just not sure how many of them are connected to Sam Howellstein. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if this offense has Jacob Brissett under center, I feel very differently about it. I think the challenge I have with the Washington offense is we talk about wanting to target ambiguous backfields and ambiguous receiving rooms. The idea being that if one of those players takes hold of the entire role, they suddenly become massively valuable for fantasy. The issue with Washington is, is that, yes, it's an ambiguous backfield because there's Brian Robinson, there's Antonio Gibson, but I don't think either of them are going to win a, a sole role. They are going to be congested backfield. The same with the wide receivers. Terry McLaurin, we know that he's probably going to be a back-end wide receiver too. He's been that in his career, year in, year out. I think that's where John Dotson's going to fall. They're going to eat into each other and it's going to be a congested wide receiver room rather than an ambiguous one. And I just think that that's my issue is that if there was one, if you told me Brian Robinson wasn't going to play this year and was injured and out for the season, then I'd suddenly be very interested in Antonio Gibson. The same with the wide receivers. I just think there's too many good options and not enough great options for this offense to be truly fantastic for fantasy. Well, that finishes us on five offences that we do not want you to draft from this year. If you're here, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button. We have got so much more content coming your way over this few weeks and we will get you ready for when the season starts.